Hi, I'm Julian. This is... I'm Tom. Hi, everybody. We're Believe, a Ted Lasso podcast. We are also Team Binge. Yes. You can find us on all social media under the name Team Binge. I was supposed to set up more social medias. I did not. We still only have a Twitter and a YouTube. MySpace is the only one that matters. <laughs> it's the only one I've got stock in. Today, we are going to be talking about... Season 1, episode 10, mm. which when it's the final episode of a season of television, Tom, what is it called? Uh, the finale? The finale. Or you can call it the ultimate. We call the last one the penultimate. Let's just call this the ultimate. I never used the term pentultimate. You did. It's not pent. Pen. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> All right. This one's called The Hope That Kills. Mm. It is written by Brendan Hunt, Coach Beard. Uh, and the crew. There's a couple other names. Uh, I never understand. May I say? May I interrupt you? Real yes. Quick? Uh, because I feel like the hope that kills kind of sounds like a Bond movie. Yeah. This episode title, the hope that kills you. You forgot the you. Oh, the hope that kills yeah. you. <laughs> Just Wait. The, the hope that kills is very. I mean, adding you doesn't make it that much better, but it's still very uh, dark. Is it the hope that kills you, or is it it's the hope that kills you? No, it's the hope that kills you. Yep. Yeah, that's better. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for the, that. The hope that kills. I <laughs> haven't gotten better at this after 10 episodes. So we'll get it. We'll get it. Thank you. This one, as I mentioned, written by Brendan Hunt. I don't understand what the difference between teleplay by and story by and written by is, but I'm going to say Brendan Hunt wrote this one. Sure. Uh, episode finale. Themes for this one is the end of the season, really the future of Ted, uh, Richmond, uh, and then our boy Jamie comes back and is mm. prominently uh, featured in this, which yep. is nice. I guess he's not our boy. We never really liked him. But with this haircut from this episode, he really started to grow on me. We need to talk about this haircut. He looks like a little schoolboy. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> episode starts out with uh, the opening, the beginning of a brand new day. Mm. Uh, Nate the Great's walking around. He walks <laughs> in the facility to do his job. And he immediately starts noticing that the boots have already been cleaned. I'm not even going to explain what boots are for you Americans at this point. We all know that they're cleats. <laughs> you just explained it. <laughs> You're welcome. All the towels have already laid out. He's going around and he's seeing that his job is essentially done. He walks into the walker room, locker room. Wow. And <laughs> there is a young gentleman also with an interesting haircut who's pushing Nate's cart. Yeah. And he lets him know that he is the new field house manager. He doesn't say kit man. He says, like, field house Clubhouse manager. Attendant, clubhouse right? attendant. Yeah, clubhouse attendant. Nate gets very confused and angry because <laughs> he thinks he's being replaced. He gets hot very quick. Yeah. Which they, I guess is understandable. Yeah. Well, I don't know. The, the new guy reaches out his hand to, like, <laughs> shake his hand. He slaps it away. <laughs> like, he slaps literally it slaps it away. It's yeah. great. And then Nate gets weirdly hostile because Ted comes in. And he's like, hey, what the bleep is going on, Ted? <laughs> and then Higgins comes in, and those two are talking to each other on the phone. And then Rebecca comes in, and the way he addresses Rebecca is like, uh, rather than getting promoted, you should probably fire this guy, because Nate is volatile. And is it he, called like a shrew or something? Like, you shrew, how yeah, could you do shrew, this? how could you do this? And then he's blown away that she knows his name, which I think is great, but... They let him know, Nate thinking he's being fired, and that's why he's confronting everyone. They let him know he's not being fired, he's being promoted. So he is going to become an assistant 
coach. Assistant to the coach. Assistant to the coach. Not assistant <laughs> coach, assistant to the regional coach. And then uh, the blinds all open. The whole team's there to celebrate. Everyone loves Nate. We've gone from the beginning of the season where Nate was the laughing stock mm-hmm. to now he's a part of the team. They bring out a box and present him with what? Uh, they present him with his whistle. His whistle. Did you look at the box that he's presented? I, the whistle is carried I, in. I saw the box. I went to our outline and you put in there, it's like, is this the box from a callback? Is this the original box? And I went back to the second episode where this box is introduced and it is 100% the exact same box. Oh, is it? Okay. <laughs> yes. I thought on the top of it, they did write like whistle box they or something. Yeah, so they, they did. added. Yeah, but it was like this purple box with little like polka dots and little like um, bedazzling stuff. But 100%, they just kind of like crudely put in a black marker whistle box. Man, this is why I watched the show. The prop team, incredible <laughs> prop team on Ted Lasso. That was great. He gets his whistle. He blows the whistle. No one likes when someone blows a whistle inside a room. I was listening to this using uh, AirPods, I guess, cheap Air- Apple plug. But like when he blew the whistle, when I was we listening, love AirPods, <laughs> <yeah>. Apple <laughs> and Beats. When he blew that whistle, when I was listening to the AirPods, it got incredibly loud. Oh, I literally yeah. took them out of my ears. Like it was, uh, it was like a 4D experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 4D, <laughs> that's great. Uh, the four in that is pain. Is that what it is? Yes, yes. Wonderful. I already have ringing in my ears. That did not help. So then we're in. Ted and Beard, they're in the office, and they are discussing. I like when scenes start when someone's like in the middle of a conversation, mm-hmm. and you just have to pick up context clues. Apparently, Beard was trying to solve some jockish problems. <laughs> I don't know what they call it in England. I'm sure it's probably just jockish with an English accent. But then he asks <laughs> him what he bought for it, like to spray on it, because they don't have. I don't know, like tough actin tenactin or whatever it is. <laughs> That's your go-to. Boom, tough actin tenactin. And so uh, Beard says, they, Ted's like, oh, what did you buy instead? He said, Mr. Muscle. So I looked up Mr. Muscle. That's a bold play. <laughs> I wouldn't think Mr. Muscle would be a jacket relief. Yeah, Mr. Muscle, I would think would be like a... Um, Protein I was, was going to say hot and spicy, but no, icy hot. <laughs> <laughs> But Mr. Muscle is a household cleaner. It's like the oh. standard cleaner. So he's splitting. And he said he actually used it? Yes. Oh, yikes. Yes. That could come up in season two. Oh, yeah, I bet. So <laughs> uh, Roy comes in while they're talking, and he lets Ted know that per the rules, he cannot be the team captain because mm-hmm. he's not playing. The team captain has to be on the pitch. Is this a thing? Does... It's a thing. So do people hand off the armbands? They or sure is do. The... Yeah. Uh, captains do get subbed from games now and then, okay. uh, dependent upon the situation. But uh, yeah, captains, I mean, it's definitely more of a symbolic role when they are on the field. And generally, if you're talking to the ref or like dissenting, it's only supposed to be the captain that talks to the ref and has conversations. So sometimes if guys are getting a little bit too chippy on the field, the ref will actually not necessarily pull those players. He might actually pull the captains together oh, and talk okay. to the captains and say, hey, you got to get your guys, uh, you know, put them in check. That was my question. Like what a role, what the role of a captain on the pitch is like, are they calling plays? Um, which I mean, is they... important for this episode. <laughs> yeah, there's a touche. lot of like, calling. Um, they, they do the, like the ceremonial kind of stuff where like they flip the coin before the match. Okay. They'll hand each other like, I don't know, like little flags or pins or I don't know. Sure. BS, but yeah. So then, Roy lets Ted know he's got to pick a new captain. Very funny back and forth between <laughs> these two. Ted's like, 
no, you're my captain. And he's like, no, seriously, you have to pick a new captain. <laughs> they go back and forth. Ted the, does some the, great... The framing of, of uh, Beard while they're going back oh, yeah, and forth Beard. is great. He's just on the couch, just kind of watching. He's kind of moving his hands. He's like, ooh, what's that yeah. happen? It's like popcorn almost. He's watching an enjoyable tennis match as they go back <laughs> and forth. It ends with some sleight of hand from Ted, and then he throws the armband on, on top of Roy's head. And Roy says, this is why it's hard to love you. <laughs> and then I don't think I got it the first time, but Ted and Beard immediately look at each other and they're like, ooh, yeah, he said he loves you. He said he loves you. So the Beard just throwing up his hands when he got the, like right on his head, which was a great oh, toss. Yeah. They kind of, they framed it odds. So I don't know if it was actually Ted kind of throwing it. It seemed like they probably just tossed it a couple of times off frame, but they had it landed of, great. They had one of those dude perfect guys come in and throw <laughs> yeah. it on top of his head. Yeah, the absolute glee of, of when it falls on Roy's head was great. <laughs> and then we go from there to uh, the team meeting. Ted's got the team together, and we find out that the last game is against Manchester City, mm -hmm. which is the team that Jamie plays for. They start talking about... Ted's like, hey, it's just like any other game. And they're like, no, this one has serious connotations because they might get relegated. Yep. Colin has a great moment here where he's like, uh, at Cardiff, I got relegated or we got relegated. It was my family's team. My Nana never spoke to me again. And then um, this must be a theme. She, her Nana, His Nana left her a box of poop in her will. Yeah. A lot of people pooping in things in this show. It's unfortunate. Everybody loves poop humor. Not everybody, <laughs> but some people do. Bill Lawrence, apparently. Uh, and then once again, we go into how Ted does not have to deal with relegation because in America, there is no relegation. Oh, this was good, yeah. He does, they go through this thing where they're like, hey, in America, do you guys not deal with this? And Ted's like, no, people that aren't going to make the championship or whatever are just going to go through the motions to yeah. play for half-filled crowds. <laughs> it's very much like in football, like those last uh, games of the season, no one cares. Well, in like, yeah, American football, you're incentivize to fail because you'll get a better draft pick like really the only sport that does decentivize is the nba it's my understanding because they do a draft lottery so like depending upon how low you are you get like more chances to get a higher pick but you don't necessarily get the number one it is dumb but obviously in in america it's all about i mean not that it's not about all the money there in europe but there's no way these mega billionaire owners of these MLS or NFL teams are going to allow their team to play in some kind of, you know, second tier league. True. Um, it's just not going to happen, which is sure. unfortunate because I love that. That's uh, about English soccer. Right. You get, you get punished for failing. Mm -hmm. Whereas, yeah, I would argue because they're like, Oh, the end of the season's all meaningless. I would argue that it's all meaningless, Tom. These are all just games. All sports. These are just, Grown adults running around playing a game as the world spins and the universe <laughs> it is slowly quite, it is quite odd when <laughs> expands. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. It's expanding. Um, says you. <laughs> says science. Oh, okay. Uh, but it is interesting how, like, so much passion and stuff for, like, guys kicking a ball <laughs> into a net. Like, it's just... Which is fun. It's brought up a couple of times with Roy. He's like, I'm mad. I play a game. <laughs> yeah. Keely always brings it up. She's like, oh, you're... You, I play games for a living. Yeah, I play a game for a living. <laughs> Anyways, I love sports. Sports are important. They teach people teamwork and stuff. You can gamble on them. Coach Nate, newly minted coach. You can gamble on them. Yes, let's not walk away from that one. Sorry. Coach Nate uh, <laughs> whistles. Yes. Sorry. And then he brings in 
like you would watch a uh, movie at school when the substitute doesn't want to do any work, rolls in the old uh, video. Wait, and... we bagging on teachers again? Because nope. I, I said that last time. But I'm, I'm pro teacher. I'm pro teacher. <laughs> I'm pro teachers that show videos in class. 100%. My favorite type of teacher. He brings out an interview of Jamie. And Jamie's talking about how, hey, I don't want to speak ill of my club, my old club. But my next sentence, will speak ill of them. <laughs> yes. He's like, I carried them. Uh, Roy Kent's a knob, uh, which is a great insult. I think knob should be used more often. And then he calls Ted an American rodeo clown. Yeah, because he kind of makes mention. He's like, it's nice to be, you know, under a, a real coach like Pep. I'm assuming you didn't know who he was referring to there. So Pep, no, Pep's a real person? Yeah, Pep is actually the current coach for Manchester City. Pep Guardiola. Oh. So once they mentioned his name, I actually thought, oh, cool. He's going to have like a cameo at the very end. He'll like shake Ted's hand when the game is over. But uh, yeah, he's a world famous coach. He famously kind of uh, bought Barcelona, boatload of championships, uh, was in Real Madrid for a few years and just recently joined Man City. So now, where is where is Pep from? Pep is a classic Irish name, I believe. <laughs> I I could be wrong, but I believe he's a Spanish man, manager. Okay, so Pep is probably Spain. short for something like Pepper or Pe Pepperoni. Be sure. <laughs> pepperoni, I like that. Pepperoni Guardiola. <laughs> okay, yeah. He's Italian. That works. <laughs> Um, some great quotes from Jamie during this interview. Uh, and I, once again, without subtitles or watching it 400 times, I don't think I would have caught these, but he's excited to end them and send them down, mm -hmm. uh, in terms of beating Richmond. And he says, I get to put the final nail in the ashes, <laughs> instant caramel. It's going to get you. <laughs> so instead of instant karma, he says instant caramel. And then who throws the chair? Oh, Isaac, man. Isaac he's, throws he's on fire the chair. Right What's great is Roy goes, well said. After the, <laughs> And I actually watched the scene a couple of times because uh, during physical comedy bits, I don't know if you've ever looked for this, is like sometimes you can see an actor flinch before something happens. Oh, yeah, because they know it's going to happen. Because they know it's going to happen. It's probably like the third take. Nate does not flinch. <laughs> like Nate holds until that chair hits that TV. He does a great job. I love those lines. I did not catch those uh, JB terrible quips that he kind of said yeah, uh, the first go through. Nail in the coffin, he says. The final nail in the ashes, <laughs> which I don't know where he got ashes from. It's going to be a while if you're trying to hit a nail through some ashes. <laughs> so then we go from that team meeting to Ted and Beard in the pub. They are discussing the names of the leagues. Mm -hmm. And it turns out if you're relegated from the Premier League, Tom, where do you drop down to? You go to the Championship League. And Ted's like, that doesn't sound so bad. Well, you lose, you go to the championship. This is great. <laughs> yeah. Beard makes some comment like, yeah, this country also invented irony, which I thought was a great line. Do you know, pop quiz, do you know the next two tiers? The next two tiers? Yeah. If you had to guess, what were the name, what were the name of the leagues for the next two tiers? Uh, probably. So it was Premier League? Yep. And then. Championship? Yep. And then mid cake level and base cake level. <laughs> Almost. League one and league two. So tier three is league is league one. Tier sure. four is league two. Sure. Bananas. Okay. Yeah, that's like when people are <laughs> that's like when uh the Fast and the Furious movies, there's ten of them. Instead <laughs> of like being like Fast and Furious One, it's like, hey, we're gonna make a bunch of weird titles so you have no idea which one falls where. Yep. Pub regulars um come up. Paul 
Um, I don't remember the other two. Yeah. Baz, Paul, and Baz. I can never remember Paul the Baz, third. The other one. He's like uh, George Harrison. The other yeah. Beatle. I don't know if you've noticed this, but they've all grown mustaches in some way, shape, or form. I don't think I did. So Paul has always had like a goatee and, and mustache, but the two other gentlemen have both grown in mustaches. And my thought being oh, is that okay. Ted has kind of gotten to them a little bit, and their mustaches have grown through the season. That's a great catch. I did not see that. That's got to be what that uh, symbology is. Yeah, and they're all talking <clears throat> about, hey, you know, we we tried or yeah. something. You Appreciate gave it your you. best, yeah. even though. And Ted's like, "Hey, we ha we haven't lost yet. Like <laughs> we still have hope." And then the publican, she comes up and she says, "It's the hope that kills you." Mm. Ted, you can see that has taken some had some effect on him, mm -hmm. and he turns to Beard and he says, "Get the not diamond dogs together. <laughs> the, Don't the call triangle Hagen. terriers. The triangle terriers. Thank you." <laughs> And so this leads to what's, Ted. Before you go to the NC, can I ask, like, what's what's your thought on that line? Like, it's the hope that kills you. Like, I feel like I am in general, and I'm trying to do better from watching this series and this show, be more of an optimist. But I think I am kind of a pessimist at heart and sometimes can think about this. Like, if it is kind of a, a dead end situation, like clearly Nate seems like it is. Like, there's just no hope. Giving you that hope almost makes when you do lose that much worse. Sure. Um, what's kind of your thoughts overall on that that kind of phrase and that mindset? Well, yeah, I think if you can deaden your soul to the point <laughs> where you just assume bad things are going to happen, you're never going to be disappointed. And the only way things can go is up. See? So I understand the phrase, but I do understand. I don't think it's necessarily articulated well, but I do understand the importance of hope. Mm -hmm. Because this would be a very sad world we'd all live in if we just assumed the worst out of people, the worst out of situations. Um, it's certainly no way to live. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, great question. But I do understand the phrase, it's the hope that kills you. Is this supposed to be like a British phrase? Like they say this a lot in Britain? I don't. Well, it's... Ted doesn't say something, hey, you got yeah. a phrase over here that I'm not crazy about. It was my yearbook quote, and I'm from America, so I don't know. Maybe that's why it rains all the time. <laughs> I have no hope, so it just rains on them. It constantly rains on their British parades. Oh, incredible. So, <laughs> so then we go from the hope to Ted Beard and Nate all in Lasso's flat. Um, Nate brings up, hey, we don't actually have to win. Yeah. Uh, if Crystal Palace beats Norwich. Yeah, Norwich. By six goals. As a stretch. I know they're trying to make it a stretch for the show, right. but it's they could have made it a little bit more realistic, maybe three or four. And so this comes back to the point thing you were saying, where yes. like game wins matter, but so do points scored and so the, the, the only things. thing that matters is and I, I don't think I finished this thought last episode, but it's it's goal differential. So how many goals you score versus how many goals you give up. That okay. is the tiebreaker. So they're saying based on the number of points, uh they will, if they score six goals, they will surpass Norwich. They will be tied with Norwich, apparently, and or Crystal Palace. I guess we don't necessarily know. Um, and they will have more goals than, or or more a greater goal differential. I'm giving this terribly, but they will have a better goal differential, and they will be able to. Listen, I certainly way. did not tune out and not understand anything you said. I can explain it all. Allow me to explain it now. Like like you usually do. You can just edit that in post and make me sound great. Ooh, you have not listened to any of the episodes, have you? <laughs> um, Ted says something like he won't play for a tie. He says, if God wanted games to end in a tie, she would have invented numbers. <laughs> Which, the she is funny, 
not that it's not right or okay, real. Well, why is it funny? Please don't why email me. Why is it funny, Julian? No, no. Um, but the other part is, is just the phrase itself doesn't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> like numbers can be used for other things other than tie games. But whatever, we move on. <laughs> Certainly, let's not dwell on what I just said or laughed at. I love the she she reference. My wife picked it up immediately. It was great. Nate says Nate says it's hopeless, and this causes Ted to. Be like, oh, it's hopeless. Oh, oh okay. Puts and his hands on his knees, yeah, he stares like, at him. He like glitches a little bit, and then he departs the room and starts like running around frantically, which leads to Beard doing some great acting because you can <laughs> just see Beard is essentially like, Nate, what have you done? Like you've <laughs> you've set him off. Like now he's in this weird mode, um, which is once again just great by Beard. Ted runs around, and what does he come back with? He comes back with a belief sign. I, I feel a like belief sign at what ratio of the normal belief sign? I mean, maybe four to one. Okay, I'd buy. I'd say I'd, four to one, three to one. I'd say uh, it's smaller. It's, I mean, okay, four to one. Let's, Let's go, go four, four to one. Four to sure, one. Sure, we could sure. agree four to one. Sure. Three and a half to one. Sure. But okay, he was gone incredibly long. He mm. says he has multiple in his flat. This has got to be a gigantic flat, apparently. Yeah. I know he's a Premier League manager, so he's probably well off. We've but... had the tour. It's pretty big. Uh, well, we've had a mini tour. That kitchen um, is not small. No, that kitchen's not small. Um, but uh, when he comes back, he's a little out of breath. And <laughs> we have seen Ted run a lot throughout the series. Sure. Uh, I was kind of surprised that he was out of breath just running up and down his flat. So you don't think him running directly to his bathroom ripping one sheet of piece of paper off the wall coming back should have taken that long or caused him to do that many loops? Correct. My my thing was, I think he went to different signs and he was like, no, that one's going to be a hassle to put put back up. That one's like, Or maybe he tugged on a couple and they just didn't give and he settled on the bathroom one. It would have been better if you'd like, you'd hear him in the background like falling over or stuff breaking. <laughs> I think you can. There is some background noise. <clears throat> And during this time, uh, Beard turns to Nate and he's like, hey, can I ask you a question? Are those the only clothes you owe? It's like, no, man, I got three of them. I got three of them. <laughs> Which, at some point in my life, Tom, and you'll know me at this point in my life, I'm just wearing tracksuits. It's going to be like the same tracksuit every day. People will think I'm in the mob, uh, but I'm just wearing tracksuits. It's like uh, good old Steve Jobs, the Apple man. Like, he literally wore jeans and a black T-shirt. It was like, and he did it, like, on purpose because he mm. didn't want to have to, you know, he was the genius. He didn't want to have to think about that part of his life. So he had the same shirt and the same pants. Are you talking about the black turtleneck guy? Yeah, Steve Jobs. The mm. black turtleneck guy that, that made Apple? You know? He made this, uh, or the show possible, Julian. Indirectly oh. made the show possible. Okay. <laughs> I believe you. I love a good tactical turtleneck. <laughs> Beard says, to, oh, Ted's like, you got to believe. He's like, I don't want to hear all this negativity out of my assistant coach on his first day. Mm. And Beard very accurately says, uh, belief doesn't score goals, coach. Mm. It's true. Yeah. So, Did you notice uh, on the table through this scene what was on it? The coffee table in front of them? Yeah. No. More belief signs? There was there were two different whiteboards with a little field on it so they can kind of put the little things around. Nate's whiteboard is has a bunch of stuff on it, seemingly is trying to draw up a play. On I think Beard's whiteboard, uh, it has army men all over it. <laughs> the green army men. <laughs> Strategically has army men around the board. Uh, like they were drawing up a play, or last time was drawing up a play, and it also had an open jar of peanut butter. Nice. <laughs> nice. And I think it also had the little bobblehead of the queen where uh, Ted put like on sure, the biscuit box. The biscuits, yeah. yeah, so some good little callbacks. Again, great uh, work by the prop men. That's hilarious. The prop men. More prop women. Kit. The kit people. Ooh. 
So then we go from the meeting in the flat. We are at Biscuits with the Boss, everyone's favorite time of day. Ah, oh, what a ball. But our... <laughs> One more time, please. Ah, oh, what a ball. Da bang, da dang, diggy, diggy. Oh, I, I know I'm supposed to finish it, but I no, can't. you don't need to finish okay, it. Okay, that was you. terrible. Every time you say, by the way, when we do this podcast, every time you say "biscuits with the boss," my mind immediately thinks Kid Rock Ball with a boss. Really? I don't know why, but it does. Well, I mean, most things bring me to Kid Rock in my life, yes. so that makes sense. <laughs> biscuits with the boss. <laughs> Ted is down. Uh, he's talking with Rebecca, and he's admitting to her that. Her football club would have been better off with a soccer coach, which is just great phrasing. Ted tells her he is okay with, hey, at the end of the season, if you've got to fire me, you've got to mm -hmm. fire me. Um, he is kind of wallowing in a little bit of self-pity, uh, but also recognizing his uh, maybe lack of knowledge. I mean, the guy doesn't know what the offside rule is, and we're at the last, last game, game of the season. season. So. Crazy. But uh, Rebecca is surprisingly helpful here. She's bringing up like, hey, you being an outsider, like, let's use that to our advantage. Mm -hmm. You see the game differently. You've got like a different knowledge of how this game should be played, which is, you know, it, it's a valid point. Mm -hmm. And so he takes that and he's like, she's like, shouldn't you be able to like cause confusion or create chaos? And he like <laughs> yeah. locks in on that. <laughs> Yeah, it was great. I like the back and forth. I like that now that Rebecca has finally flipped, you know, her or, or say fallen because she's maybe that domino and that domino's fallen. When Ted comes into this scene, he's like not wearing his normal garb. He kind of has just like a shirt on. He's, he just looks different. And I think was his hair forward. His hair Did was he not disheveled. Oh, okay. He wasn't disheveled quite. Was he, he drinking? He wasn't drinking. Okay. Um, Those are the two indicators of he when was, Ted's sad. Listen, he might have gotten there had Rebecca not helped him out in this sequence. Sure, that's fair. Um, but yeah, Good Rebecca, point. you know, she she proactively said, hey, you don't look yourself. Like, let's talk about this, which I thought was great. Um, I laughed out loud when they did the little thing about the, like, oh, the Dutch have a saying. He's like, well, I don't speak Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'll, I'll tell you in English. I'll tell you in English, <laughs> right? Oh, I love that. I just thought that like, really quick back and forth and the cut camera cuts was was fantastic. But yeah. Love to see Rebecca kind of being the muse for Ted and giving him this idea. Um, and man, Ted's exit. Uh, this was this was the him running into the door uh, in episode like four or five. Sure. When the kind of gate was kind of down, he right. knocks his head. That was just like a little funny little bit. This, he, I watched this probably four or five times. Laughed my butt off the first time. Because it was the like, door he kicks the door. Right. Um, just hilarious. But then I'm like, he hit that door hard. I did a little dive on the internet. That was real. Oh, really? He did not mean to hit that door. <laughs> he apparently nailed his head on it. You go back and watch it again. Like it was, He hit it super, super hard. He's just trying to kick the door. Didn't realize the door frame was not that tall. Apparently it was gushing blood afterwards. They oh. had to glue his head together yeah. after this sequence. So I'm assuming the way they cut it, Maybe they came back a couple days later, dressed him in the same garb, and had him stand up and said, all right, I'm good. Here we go. Chaos has already started. It would have been better if he just had a bunch of blood <laughs> running down his face. They would have had to do that uh, oh. that warning in front of the television show um, that there were acts of violence and blood. <laughs> yeah. Would have been a different Ted Lasso episode. Uh, but what a great moment. I'm glad they caught that on. I mean, terrible, terrible moment him, in terms yeah. of him. But I'm so glad they caught that on camera and kept it in. And he committed to it. That's <laughs> for sure. So then we go from there. We're at a team meeting and every sports show and movie. We talked about this. I don't remember what episode, <laughs> mm -hmm. but they go to uh, trick plays, which are called what? 
Uh, well, they're more elaborate set pieces, <laughs> which is a much like it's a British way of saying trick plays. Is that real? Is do they really call that? Yeah, they don't really use the terminology trick plays. Oh, I thought that was a because joke. like you can't you can't really do. I mean, I don't know it's semantics, but you can't really do a trick play in soccer because like the only time you have the ability to do that is when there's a stoppage in play. Sure. Like so, went on free kick on a corner or something like that, which we you know we see a little bit later. So it's not as common as a much other a lot of other sports like football or baseball kind of a deal. But sure. Well, <laughs> what's confusing for me is every time I hear trick, I hear how uh, Joe Bluth defines trick. Oh uh, yeah, I think of my old uh, college days. Yeah. <clears throat> so or, every sports show, <laughs> I was gonna say or airport days. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. When I was a pilot, Julie. Our kids, and you did all that trick flying. Yes. Um, so they do, they start going through all the trick plays that the, he he's like, hey, we're going to cause chaos and, and disruption, confusion, trick plays. Let's talk about all of them. On the whiteboard, I don't know if you noticed <laughs> yeah, it, but all the red and blue markers, someone has formed them in the shape of a clown. Not someone. That 100% is Ted. Ted oh, you Ted. think so? Oh, of course. Oh, okay. He's so excited about these trick plays, he's going to make a little clown. Well, he's the, the one that gets called clown all the time, so I was wondering if maybe one of the players did it. He's but embracing the moniker. They go through, it's a great, not a montage, but it's essentially every player gets a chance to, every actor gets a speaking line <laughs> yeah. in this, and they're going through all the names of all the trick plays. They've got some great names. I did not look any of them up. I did because I'm like, as a soccer fan, should I have known these? Were sure. these commonplace? So I started looking up a couple of them, like the Sandman they do. Like, we'll get to it when we, we see it. But that, that play I've seen before. A lot of the other ones, I think it was just funny things in the writer's room that they kind of came up with. So I don't think they're actual real ones. Other than the trick plays we talked about once again in previous episodes, the one that I'm most familiar with is the basketball play where someone gets down and starts barking like a dog to draw attention and then they <laughs> pass it to someone else. Yes. Don't know what it's called, but trick plays are great. Every movie should. Every movie <laughs> should revolve around a trick play. Um, I would argue like every M. Night Shyamalan movie revolves around a trick play. Oh, very good. Good right? for you. A twist. Yeah. Way to twist the conversation right then. <laughs> It's 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 M Night Shyamalan. He doesn't do uh, twists. He doesn't do trick plays. He does elaborate set pieces. Elaborate set pieces. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> then we go from there to Jamie Tart at the barbershop. What's interesting is when he gives his interview earlier, he's got this weird boy haircut. Yeah. And someone makes a joke. Oh, there's no barbers in Manchester City. <laughs> yeah. Now we find himself in a barbershop because he's in Richmond. Um, mm. because he's texting Keely about being in town. But he's in Richmond. He looks like a child getting his hair cut for picture day. It's odd. It's a weird style. My assumption is that he had a different acting gig where he had to look like a child. Um, <laughs> and he just, like, per his contract, like, Cavill with his... Not Cavill. Not Cavill playing Jesus, but Cavill playing Superman, the other Jesus. Henry Cavill. Cavill, that's the one. <laughs> and we had that uh, CGI mustache or yeah. non-mustache, whatever it was. Yeah. Anyways, the Ussy guy is back. Did you remember this guy? Oh, yeah. Right when he came on, I'm like, from the, the pilot. I was like, <laughs> is this guy someone's brother or cousin? Why does this guy appear in the show? I mean, we've seen throughout this entire series. Like, they love the callback. They love kind of keeping a theme in the episode and kind of repeating it over and over again. So I think this is just kind of their reason to, because you could have thrown anybody into it, but it's more fun if you've got uh, 
that guy. And obviously just seeing Jamie's reaction to anybody trying to take a selfie with him right. or an Essie. Um, like he kind of puts his hand on his shoulder. He kind of like brushes oh, yeah. it off. He's like, yeah. took like 800 pictures at once or whatever. It's... Could not be less uh, impressed with this guy or enjoy him. <laughs> of course, the guy immediately brings up that Richmond dumped him. Uh, Jamie, of course, reminds us that he's blaming Lasso. He feels mm. like Lasso's the one that sent him from uh, Richmond to Man City. And then this kid is like, hey, he speaks really highly of you in interviews, though. Yeah. And so he makes him watch on the telly uh, an interview where Lasso's complimenting Jamie. Say he's rooting for him. He's a good guy. Um, Chisel and then, chin. Jawline. Jawline yeah. like, the, like the white cliffs of Dover. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then Jamie very kindly takes the kid's phone and throws it across the room, <laughs> which is great. It. Then Jamie texts Keely. Did you see like the past conversation? What it was? I did it in my first uh, uh, watch through, but then of course doing the deeper dive, I paused it, and yeah, that was fantastic. Just a great like detail to put in, which yeah. is like the past. So he's asking Keely, "Hey, I'm in town. Can I see you?" If you look at the past conversations, it's the eggplant emoji, <laughs> some liquid droplet, and a squirrel. Yeah, and he explained the squirrel in a previous episode. You guys can go back and and watch that one, but. Very funny. This leads to Jamie showing up at Keeley's door. And who answers the door at Keeley's house? Oh, Roy does. And this sets up just a amazing, amazing scene. Yeah, amazing back and forth. Did you notice what Roy was wearing? <laughs> yeah, those socks, man. He's got uh, just egg socks. A bunch of, like, hard -boi or soft-boiled eggs. They're not soft-boiled. What are they? Just eggs over Scotch easy. eggs. Scotch I'm... eggs. Scotch oh, eggs. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they're Scotch eggs. <laughs> But he's like, he's not in like pajamas. He's no. not in shorts. He's just in his like a skibbies, seemingly. Uh, he's not. He's not a boxer man. Those seem like tidy whities you No. Know, um, apparently, Roy's feet get cold because he's just <laughs> yeah. lounging around in socks. Oh, that's so great. Neither Jamie or Roy are happy that one is there, that one showed up, and Keely comes in. She's like, "Oh, I. That seems like something you should tell your." Yeah. Uh, current boyfriend that your ex-boyfriend showing up very funny back and forth roy says something like um uh, well had i known he was coming i would have made scones clearly sarcastic yeah and jamie's like i don't like scones <laughs> good british accent thank you it's like i'm not making scones you idiot like again he does not understand right, sarcasm. He does, uh, he's like good because i i don't like them <laughs> just a great back and forth my, I, my favorite is when like he what the Keeley tells him like to be quiet or something and like now Jamie's uh, gonna share he's like oh can I talk about something oh. and they're like oh we'll keep it a secret and Roy's like oh I won't talk about it oh yeah yeah he closes his, zips his lip with his fingers closes it locks throws it. the key at Jamie boom Jamie dodges Jamie matrix like, it you missed right <laughs> and then the, the funny detail of Keeley's like what is this she's looking at a cup of coffee and then like a styrofoam cup of coffee and Roy's like I made you coffee and Jamie's like I brought you coffee None of it's tea, by the way. Yeah. It's all coffee. And she pours them together. I was Weird confused. moment. Yeah, I was confused by that. I figured she would have gone for, like, the more sentimental, like, hey, I made you coffee. Or the more realistic, like, yeah, the coffee that you probably bought is probably better. She mixed them together. I don't know what that means for the three of their relationship. I don't know what the subtle hint is there, Tom. Mm, there could be some menage. Menage? Uh, something. French no, I just word. thought they might want to listen to Nicki Minaj later. Oh, what I love you saying. I love Nicki Minaj. Yeah, that's what I assumed. Interesting. Uh, Interesting where your mind goes. Oh, I think both are. Never mind. <laughs> um, 
Jamie complains that Ted is playing mind games. He's like talking nice about him in the press and everything. <laughs> and Keely's like, listen, Jamie, she said this to him before. She's like, not everyone that's trying to help you or that is, you know, in your life is against you. <laughs> and Roy very quickly goes, I am. I am. <laughs> I am 100%. <laughs> and Keely gives him the look and he's like, hey, I thought you liked honesty. <laughs> it was just so matter of fact. Just such a great delivery. I from, am. Uh, yeah. Roy. Roy's great. Um, they kiss and that causes Jamie to vacate the room. He's like, I can't do it. He makes some comment about, well, when you're done feeding this old man his mushy peas. Uh, <laughs> exactly. So then he leaves and Roy's looking at Keely and she's like, what? And he's like, well, now I want mushy peas. <laughs> so good. I do want to mention, so though, good. I think we brought it up in the beginning when you introduced like Roy or the actor. What's his what's the actor's name again? Um, Goldstein. Brett Goldstein? Brett Goldstein. Because um, he had never acted anything, right? He was like a writer, or kind of wrote. No, this he's role. A, he acted in things. He has done some. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, but I do feel like he's and and maybe I, I haven't seen his other work, but I do feel like he's kind of a fish out of water in this role and probably hasn't done anything maybe similar to this. I could be completely off base. Sure. But I think that's what I love so much about Roy in this, where he kind of seems just so like deadpan in scenes or so matter of fact. Like I love the way he plays that character. Yeah. Like we've kind of talked like his. His football form isn't the best, but I think that's what makes him that much better. Sure. Like he's supposed to be this like stud footballer, and he, he's clearly not. And I think that just adds to the brilliance of the character. Right, and those socks. <laughs> then we cut very quickly to a video call with Henry Lasso, Ted's son. Ted is, I don't know if you noticed, eating out of a jar of peanut butter. Of course. Um, and apparently English jars of peanut butter are very small. In this house, we have the jar that's like a gallon of peanut butter, but he's... It's called, uh, it's called American Excess, Julian. <laughs> Never heard of it, but I want more of it. Um, he's trying to, oh, he makes some comment. His, his kid's like, hey, whenever I see you on the side of the field, you're never calling plays or coaching. And Ted's like, well, in soccer, you don't really do that. It's not like football where mm -hmm. you're calling plays. He's like, I've just got to hope the players out there do what I've taught them. And, and like, I've just, he's like, it's a little bit like parenting. Yeah. And he like has this very profound moment. And he's like, when would you check out there, bud? Because Henry's not listening. I made a robot picture. <laughs> a robot. It was Which, good. Yeah. As a father, like, <laughs> there are times where I'm, like, halfway through something. I'm like, I'm like, this is a profound moment. I'm, like, explaining something to my kid. Uh, and then he's like, uh, hey, I made up a board game. I'm going to tell you about the rules to said board game. And I'm like, I was... I was halfway through the meaning of life and he was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. You can continue, but I'm not going to listen. Yeah. This was great. I love, I love the way the sequence was set up because it was heartfelt, but you know, just kind of gets rolled over by his son. Um, I do like this too, because I felt like this is some of the similar conversation that we had in the podcast, some of the earlier episodes about like, what does a soccer coach do? Because right. when you see you on the sidelines, they're yelling at the players, but there's only so much you can do. You right. can tactically sub guys in and out, but even then it's, it's minimal. Um, from so what I thought I've that seen was good. In real life, they just wear like super cool suits. Oh yeah. Uh, and you have they... different managers. Some managers go the classy suit route. Okay. Some managers go like the Nate route, where they're just wearing like the 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 merch, the free merch that they get for clubbing the team. Um, my greatest wish in the world, at top of my Santa list, which I write every year, sometimes twice a year, is that American football coaches start wearing suits. They should, man. Like Bill Belichick in a three-piece suit, but the sleeves have been cut off. It would <laughs> yeah. be just incredible. And it's got a hood. <laughs> You're welcome, New England fans. <laughs> then we're at the beginning of the game. Here we go. And we're in the owner's box. Rebecca and Keely are there talking, and Keely admits, despite the fact 
of a long history of dating footballers. She does not actually care about the game of football, Could which is us. not a huge surprise to me. No, she does um, not seem like a fan. Yeah. So, but now heartfelt moment because Roy is involved. She she does. Mm-hmm. So, um, some fun back and forth between her and and Rebecca Keeley's like I know how to act like it, and she's like <laughs> shouting like a real fan. Yeah, I love her, uh, Rebecca's gear too. She's like all has all the Richmond stuff on. She's all in. She's oh she says something like oh I forgot how stressful this is when you care about it <laughs> yeah. which is a good line. It's and, so true though, man. Like, I mean, again, we talked about like how sports can kind of make people crazy sometimes, but like some of these big games that I've watched like Chelsea play, like you do get like so intensely into it. No, I'm with you. I have some sports teams that I follow as well, mm-hmm. and I get very into. Um, and this is one of those things where they're cutting to a couple of different people watching the game. Mm-hmm. So we cut to Rupert and Bex. Yeah, who gives a crap? Move on. <laughs> okay. We Moving don't like on. them. They're the worst. Then There's we just go no reason. to... I don't, I, we don't need them. I don't need them in this thing. You don't need them in this thing? The only okay. thing to me is, is they're just trying to say, hey, this jerk is still around. He'll likely be around for the second season, so we didn't want to get rid of him. But there's just no reason for for us to get any reactions from this guy. You didn't appreciate that he had a framed jersey with his name on his It didn't surprise me. No, didn't Didn't surprise me. me. Dude's a jerk. Then we go to the group at the pub. They're all watching. Paul's like, hey, group hug for luck. And they're (laughs) like, no. And then they do like a cheers and take a shot. Um, Higgins and his family join in the box, uh, the owner's box. And it's funny because Rebecca does not know how many kids Higgins has, <laughs> yeah. despite the fact that she's worked with Higgins for, I don't know, over 10 years. She's like, how many kids do you have? And she blasphemies. Uh, and who walks in? But the oldest, the priest kid. <laughs> the priest. What was his even name? What was his name? I think his name's Leslie. Leslie. I think uh, he's named oh. after Higgins. Okay. Was it? Yeah, I think so. All right, sure. And then the, the wife's... <laughs> The wife hearing her blasphemy in front of the priest is like, it's okay. He's a cool priest. <laughs> he's a cool priest. He's like, uh, you know, we have Paris that so had him out of wedlock. So he likes to explore life's little gray areas. Yeah. <laughs> Which is that like, is that like a thing that did they have him out of wedlock? Is that what they're saying? Yeah. They're okay. saying that uh, Higgins and his wife had their oldest out of wedlock. Okay. They then got married. Um, and so him being born out of that sin has caused him to be open to. Uh, some some <laughs> of life's grays areas. Grayers, all right. So emphasis mine, by the way, <laughs> as writers like to say. <laughs> then we're in the uh, the locker room. A lovely moment here between Roy and Isaac, where Roy gives Isaac the captain's armband, therefore choosing the new captain. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about this choice? It was weird. It was odd. Why was it weird, Tom? Because we've seen all of five minutes of screen time, if that, of Isaac. We've also heard him say he hates Rolos uh, and that he doesn't like it break, breaks TVs. It's just an odd pick because we don't haven't heard much of this character. We don't know it. We don't haven't heard anything about this character. Do you even know what position Isaac plays? A uh, midfielder. Let's just go with midfielder. Sure. But a not a box to box, a triangle to triangle midfielder. No, he's probably like a the, the circle to circle, which is like <laughs> the very middle. No, I know. I've seen one. Um no, it's just odd. I, I feel like what they're trying to do with him breaking the TV, him saying like never stop breaking TVs, which is a good line. Um 
he just sees Roy probably sees a little bit of himself in him because he talks about like sure. Roy always plays angry and mad at the grass. Right. So maybe that's kind of why. Uh, but it is a weird choice. But I, I and looking at the rest of the team, I don't think there's another good choice. Like sure, Danny Rojas, sure he's like a, a star forward now for the team, but I don't think he's captain material um, to lead the team. So I, I think it's as good a choice as good any. Good point. Maybe it's from like a senior standpoint. Isaac seems like he's been on the team for a while, and mm-hmm. yeah, from an emotional standpoint, he's willing to. He's willing. He's he's outspoken. We'll say that. There's definitely you've heard more from Isaac than say maybe yeah. some of the other mm-hmm. players. Uh, then this rolls into Ted's pregame speech, mm-hmm. which everyone loves. A coach's pregame speech. And Ted's like, listen, I'm not crazy about the phrase you guys have out here that we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. It's the hope that kills you. He's like, I believe in hope. I believe in belief. Um, and he's like, I've got one question. Do <laughs> you believe in miracles? Um, and he's like, don't answer that now. And then he waits a beat and he's like, but if you believe in miracles, join me up here so we can do this well, cheer. No, he, tells, he tells them, like, don't don't say it out loud. Like, you don't have to answer it to the group, but answer it to yourself. Because mm. he wants them to say, like, hey, do you believe in miracles? Think about it internally. And do you believe in miracles? Do you know where the origin of that is from? Yeah, it's the classic, I'm not too sure what year it is, 80s, 90s. It had to have been 80s, but yeah. that's when the uh, U.S. Uh, Olympic team beat the Russians in hockey. In hockey, yes. If you ever get a chance to watch the thirty for thirty about that, have you seen that thirty I for thirty? No. Okay, so real quick, that thirty for thirty is from the perspective of the Russians, oh. and like it's like a bunch of like kind of poor Russians that grew up in the Soviet Union, mm-hmm. and like Americans were like, oh, Soviets are bad, Russians are bad. Yeah. But then when you look at like the kids that played on the hockey team for Russia, like they weren't like evil people. <laughs> And so, like, there's this huge, like, America's so happy we beat, you know, the Soviet Union. Yeah. And the Russians are, like, you know, just normal guys. <laughs> it's a very interesting perspective yeah. on, like, hey, like, the kids on the Russian hockey team were not, like, evil people. It so. is. It's just weird. It's like, yeah, you're just taught to villainize or demonize a certain group of people. And, like, yeah, it's kind of like that Cold War era. Sure. We have to hate the Russians and the Soviets and, you know. It's unfortunate, but there's a lot of that stuff that still happens today for a lot of uh, groups of people, which is terrible. And right. I think if this show teaches anything, it's, you know, you need to not judge a book by its cover and, um, Except and learn more about totalitarian people. government. Exactly. <laughs> I agree with you 100 um, percent. No, no, no. But do watch that 30 for there. I did a poor job of explaining it, but it's it's pretty it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, viewing. And this brings me to if you've watched this episode a couple of times and like a coach's pre-locker room speech in shows and movies is like a very important moment. And some are done extremely well, but I think at a certain point they've all kind of been done. Oh, yeah. And so like this one, I I just remember like my first couple of viewings, I enjoyed it. But then on this one, I was like, doesn't really say much she's like do you believe in miracles yeah and then which i do believe in miracles i love miracles they happen all the time the miracle (laughs) of life tom um (laughs) i wasn't saying it wasn't a miracle but i yeah i do disagree with you on that (laughs) but like i really love the show friday night lights you do you will leave your opinion of friday night lights uh vacant but coach taylor from friday night lights when I watch it the first time around, I in my mind, I'm like, oh, Coach Taylor always gives these great speeches. 
And then when you watch it again, <laughs> you're kind of like, he didn't say a whole lot there. You don't have to, man. You're talking to like, I mean, I guess in, in Coach Taylor's thing, you're just talking to high school kids. Like, if long as you just say a couple buzzwords, they'll be jazzed sure. and super excited. Sure. But yeah, I mean, like most, most like movie scenes like these or, or shows, it's really just saying buzzwords, saying things that sound And then getting the music to then, yeah, crescendo at the right moment. Which I feel like a good coach should have this music going on actually in the background. <laughs> it would make it a lot better. Uh, as opposed to it being added in post in the TV show. You don't think Who Let the Dogs Out <laughs> playing at full blast in the background while they're giving the speech does the same thing as like a hard violin crescendo? I don't. I think that would ruin this Full House moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say this one last thing is Bill Lawrence, the creator of this show, one of the creators of this show, uh, I listened to him. It was either on a podcast or an interview, but he was talking about Scrubs and how at the end of each episode of Scrubs, there's like a full house moment mm -hmm. where something like mm -hmm. profound is said. It's like, oh, the thing is, when you think about friendships, it's really just about having friends. <laughs> and they wanted to do a book where they were going to take like the end of Scrubs episodes and like make these profound sayings. And then they sat down and started listening to like what they said <laughs> at the end of episodes. And they were like, oh, yeah, that really isn't saying a whole lot. <laughs> yeah. It was just like buzzwords. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, that's what I think about when I think about coaches' speeches in the locker rooms. But I do love Ted. I do believe in miracles. I think people should uh, believe in yourself. I think everyone should look at the person next to them uh, <laughs> oh God, and really um, decide that this moment is the most important uh, moment in their lives. Uh, I think that in these next 45 minutes, everyone should give 110%. And I think also that this is our destiny, that uh, some sort of supernatural thing put us here for our destiny. Everybody, um, hands in, let's go! Let's go! Yeah, so I just went through all of the coaches' speeches. <laughs> we nailed it. Roy, uh, they wait, go wait, to wait, break wait. it down. Coaches can use that audio if yes. they would like. You're welcome. Play that in your locker room to win the Super Bowl, <laughs> Cardinals. We'll allow it. Um, Roy, uh, they go to break down, and it's like, and Ted's like, hey, Cap, break us down. He turns to Roy. Roy gives him the old, hey, it's not me anymore. It's Isaac. And then what does, what does Isaac do? He <sighs> counts down from what? This was like giving Isaac the captain's ban was silly, but if it all just meant this one joke, I'm in. <laughs> Because like this one, joke huh? was so great, I laughed out loud. He's like, they finally like, all oh, right, cool. Isaac's the Isaac's the new captain. He's like, all right, Richmond on twelve, one, two, and then everyone's like looking around. What is going on? The way the camera pans around, everybody's reaction is great. And then for some odd reason, because apparently he can't count, he skips eight, sure, like, seven, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah, it's just oh, comedy yeah. gold. This is a good example of. <laughs> Uh, if you go on Reddit, Reddit will have some sort of weird theory for everything. <laughs> I read uh, a post about how he skips eight because Roy would typically be like in the eighth position or like some sort of number represents Roy. So he skips Roy because Roy is not going to be in the lineup. I think that person on Reddit is crazy and looked way too hard into this. I think it just goes to show that uh, Isaac is maybe not an attention to detail type of captain. Yeah, it's that's a polar opposites uh, takeaway from this scene. Like yeah. my takeaway is the guy's just not that bright. He doesn't. He missed eight. Sure. Uh, versus the internet giving him a lot of credit. A lot of credit. But eight is kind of a generally a midfielder number. Like 
So, who oh, knows? Oh, Tom, did who you knows? write that theory on Reddit? The famous, you're just too ashamed to bring it up right now? The famous Chelsea uh, midfielder, Frank Lampard, uh, who also has a famous chant. Love we'll Lampard. Yeah, big fan. So then, kickoff on the pitch. Uh, Jamie is, I think, taunting Roy. He's like, oh, yeah. he's going to do the kickoff. He's taunting Roy. And this funny moment where Ted like hops into the camera <laughs> yeah. and he's like, hey, Jamie. Hey, buddy. How are you? <laughs> Uh, good, good luck, luck. <laughs> and like jamie's like mind games what's this guy doing yeah this guy's playing 3d chess <laughs> and the announcers i do listen throughout the show i've enjoyed the announcers oh yeah arlo they is use, fantastic they use the announcers in a way that like kind of explains plot and if you go back a couple episodes maybe i complain about the announcers <laughs> but in this like they explain some plot points. They reiterate some things, and then they just have some great lines. They have the Zorro, Zorro, yeah, Zorro, him. Zorro conversation, um, and then we have this moment where Ted still does not understand offsides. <laughs> He's like, "Tell me how that was offsides." No, literally, tell me how that's offsides. And then we cut to Beard explaining to him, and apparently, at some point. Beard was using the condiments, I'm assuming at the yeah, pub, was good. to describe what what uh, offsides is. Well, again, the announcers do a great job because the announcer's like, oh, and here comes the assistant coach to to talk strategy about what's going on <laughs> in the next sequence. And, and he's telling him, but he's using condiments to tell him what offsides is. He's like, listen, when the Heineken was by the vinegar and <laughs> yeah. the ketchup or whatever. Um, and there is some legitimate soccer being played or some football being played during this. Is there? Tom, how do you feel about the football that's happening on screen? Is there legitimate soccer playing? That's questionable. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, I mean, there's no reason to gripe about it. It's This show is not about the soccer. The soccer is laughable in show my opinion. It's not about the soccer, Tom. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's The same great. way it's not about wins and losses, this show's not about soccer. It's about <laughs> how you feel in your soul. That's yeah. what it is. Uh, so, oh, this ends with they try the Sandman. I think I think Nate suggests, hey, call the Sandman. Call Sandman it's like yep. a corner kick or he something. He screams it out. Apparently they hear it from halfway around the pitch. Sure. Uh, but yeah, you kind of get uh, Rojas kind of screaming uh, the Sandman. And, and this is a play that is used in soccer. Is Not... the Sandman easily explained? Because I would ask you to explain the Sandman. It's just So what they're doing is what's referred to as a dummy. So okay. when, a, when a player lets the ball go between their legs, it's called demying the ball. So okay. you're pretending like you're going to like take a shot or you're right. going to dribble it or whatever, and you're letting it go through your legs. So what will happen is like if you've got a team that's kind of cheating and they're not leaving anybody in the top of the box, they're kind of assuming they're going to kick it in the inside the six-yard box and try to get a header goal. That team can see that, and they'll throw a, just a hard pass to the top of the 18. A couple guys can dummy it to leave it open for the guy on top. So it is it does happen, and there's been goals scored from it, very impressive ones. You can go watch it on the internet. Uh, if you probably search the Sandman goal, you're not going to find it because, to my knowledge, that does not exist only in Ted Lasso. Um, but impressive, impressive goal and a good or impressive shot, but unfortunately safe. For the record, when I said, "Hey, was that easily explainable?" Uh, Ten minutes ago, you could have just said no. How did I do? No. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listen, there's like we have like a three percent British audience, and they're loving that talk right there. Oh, that's true. They are. Yes, please send us your British uh, tweets. <laughs> I don't know what those are. Uh, I think they're biscuits. So then we are in the locker room at half. It's zero zero, and Richmond is somehow held on. Yep. Classic uh, sport movie trope. Uh, at halftime, we're at zero zero. We're in the locker room. The coaches are debating. Ted, Beard, and Nate are debating something. 
on rewatch, I assume it's whether or not um, Roy's going to be Roy's going to go in. No, nope. you don't think so? No, they're not talking about Roy. They they Ted and because uh, Ted says Ted. I'm going to go with my gut on this. No, well, but I think Ted is listening into the conversation. I believe Beard and uh, Nate are really the ones that are discussing what okay. they should do because Nate is like thinking we need to secure up the defense. We need to put in another defender. Uh, or Beard is likely to say we got to put some more attacking or whatever mm-hmm. in. Uh, and Ted's like, no, we need our we need our, our capital. Beard's like, we need a lot of speed on the outside. <laughs> yeah, a lot of speed. A lot of speed. So then Sam Obasanya, our boy, says, "Hey, what's the Crystal Power score at?" Because obviously the Crystal Palace is up six goals. Then so Ted says, "Hey, no, we're not playing for a tie." And he says, "Ain't nobody gonna kiss their sister." <laughs> Are you familiar with this phrase? Oh, Have yeah. you heard this before? Very much. Yeah, growing up playing sports, a hundred percent. Especially if playing soccer, like kissing your sister is known as a tie. Okay. Had you never heard it before? Uh, I. I was not as familiar with it as you, but there are not a lot of ties in chess club. <laughs> so um, I won't go into what this means, but essentially kissing your sister is like a kiss is a good thing, but if it's with your sister, it's a bad thing. I so I didn't, Okay. I think you need to explain that, that part of it. I mean, oh, really? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty, I feel it's pretty uh, self-explanatory. Okay. I'm sorry. I guess. So yeah. 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 If you're okay with kissing your sister, whatever. So... <laughs> Ted's like, we're playing for a win, and Roy, you're playing in the second half, uh, and Roy, very importantly, gets that armband back, yeah, which I'm sure is all sweaty, and they just <laughs> keep handing it back and forth, and it certainly is not... It's like a youth-looking armband, too. It's like one that I literally <laughs> wore when I played uh, soccer. I think they've got, like, more legit, cooler-looking ones nowadays. The Premier League is, like, a gold-embroidered... I think they are. Jewels. I think they're, like, yellow. They've got some Made sort of, diamonds. like... diamonds. I think they might actually have the Premier League logo on it, maybe. I don't know. But it was just funny seeing that, because it took me back to my youth soccer days. Sure, sure. Can I call you Skipper? Uh, sure. Yeah. All right. All right, Skipper. So then we're second half. Uh, the announcers make some comment like, uh, surprising, surprising move by Lasso. Roy Kent, who is, to be polite, very slow, <laughs> yeah, is now great. out on the field. Uh, and then, um, we have, oh, we cut to Rupert, and Rupert says something like he's an oxygenarian. He's complaining about how Roy, how old Roy is, which is just a classic sports thing where we're watching sports and like, this guy who's an elite athlete, like, throws an interception or doesn't kick a ball far enough. Right. And we're like, come on, man. Why didn't you do that, like, <laughs> phenomenal thing thinking we from the couch, you know, 40 pounds overweight uh, could do something very similar. Um, it is true. I do that a lot with uh, quarterbacks for some certain teams that we play. Sure, sure. I watch. Yeah, so. Now, can I ask, is it yes, an oxygenarian or an octogenarian? I was assuming it was someone that needed a lot of oxygen. I Uh, mean, you could make the argument that they also need a lot of oxygen, but I believe it's octogenarian. Somebody that's in their 80s. Listen, you had the opportunity to let that go. This is why you're not Lasso Level 7, is you had to point out my faults, which is unfair. It's not your faults. It's your uh, strategic placement of letters and words. Yeah. Incredible. I was gonna go back. I was thinking of what what was the trick place? It's your elaborate set piece. Elaborate set yeah. piece. Yes. And then Manchester City they finally score a goal uh, on a penalty kick. Yeah. 
from my view, and don't watch a lot of soccer, <laughs> that penalty kick looked like he kicked it from about three yards away. Like, he was so close. I thought there was, like, a certain distance they kicked from. 12 yards. Okay, 12 yards. 12 yards. It does look... It's funny how close it looks when you're watching it on TV, and then when you are standing in the penalty box having to take that shot, sure. it seems like you're a mile away. Yeah, right, right. It's pretty it's pretty crazy. Oh, you don't have to tell me. Once again, I played <laughs> in my youth. Yeah. Serena soccer, baby. Um... <laughs> When they score the goal, Paul in the pub shrieks. Just this like high pitch. Yeah, doesn't shriek. stop. Yeah, it's so great. And then we have the scene where Jamie has a breakaway. He's driving down the field, and who stops him? Oh, but our, our tortoise Roy, old man Roy, <laughs> the tortoise stopping the hare. <laughs> and then we have this sad moment, sad music. Uh, Roy is injured on the field i love the way they frame this too or the way they set it up because they he kind of made that tackle both jamie and roy are on the ground um you don't necessarily know that they're hurt right now keely's but it, cheering it but cuts exactly to it cuts the keely and rebecca up in the box and you kind of see that reaction from keely which i think is great because it kind of sets up you know what's going to happen in this upcoming scene um but i really like the way they kind of did that and then it kind of right. breaks with kind of the team going to Roy and, and going to help him up. And Roy very articulately is like, oh, I think I have injured my knee in some way. Doesn't use any profanity. Um, Sam's the one that goes to help him up. But in a callback to a previous episode where Sam gets injured and <laughs> yep. Roy is helping him up and then he puts him back down um, and he's just like, hey, listen to the crowd. And so the crowd is chanting for Roy and the chant is what, Tom? Uh, he's here. He's there. He's every blank where. Uh, it's a very, and they, you know, say the player's name. That's a very classic chant uh, that's been used uh, a lot in soccer. And you're more or less going to replace the person's name at the end with something else. Uh, but what's really funny, I did a little dive on that to see, like, how often that was used. And apparently um, one of the team or one of the players at the team or the, the fans used to do it for was like didn't like foul language didn't want like people saying that oh, so really so he said that during an interview and the next game when he scored a goal the crowd chanted it they said he's here he's there he doesn't he or he's not or we have to cut this and change this nope. i know you're not going we to give it all in all right he's here he's there we're not allowed to swear <laughs> 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 and, then oh, that's they, great. and then they cheer his name which i thought was he's, just fantastic he's here he's there we're not allowed to swear that's great <laughs> yeah that's very good yeah i like it good for that guy but this made me think of and i mentioned it earlier right frank lampard he's a, a classic chelsea player there's a um like they kind of do a super they call it super frank lampard but they kind of do it like a super super frank uh, and they can kind of like do it over and over again. They kind of start quiet and kind of ramp it up. It's just kind of one of many uh, chants that you see kind of repeated for different players, but uh, a lot of fun. And I'm, I'm super glad they did it. In this. Yeah, that was uh, it's a good cheer. Roy appreciates it. Sam, like he's like, hey, just enjoy, enjoy it. Enjoy the moment. You know? Yeah, it was great. Then he brings it up, brings him up. And the announcer says something like Roy Kent would never leave on a stretcher. Roy's going to walk himself off. Roy does the clapping thing. Everyone yeah. loves to clap. To and the he kind of kind of does the Roy pigeon walk out like yep. half limping, half just kind of Roy walking. Yep. <laughs> um, he gives Ted a nod and then he goes down in the tunnel. When they're injured like that, they just leave out the tunnel. They don't go to nope. the sideline and nope. just watch the rest of the game. They don't do this. This is TV magic. Okay. Like going back to the uh, the locker room and the scene with Keeley, this is all just for TV. Um, <clears throat> obviously, you'd have your physios come out. They would pull you off. They'd probably do a little bit of work on you on the sidelines, realize, oh, this is a big deal. 
let's take you in the back room, let's get MRIs, let's do sure. like, all that stuff that you would probably have at the club. So the fact that he's back in the locker room all by himself all without by any himself. physios or anything is a little suspect, but I get what they're doing. Sure. So Roy's in the locker room. He's all by himself. Sad music's playing. We see Roy essentially at the end of his career mm-hmm. with some sort of injury. Even the announcers are like, hey, with that kind of yeah, uh, just the last this, time we see this Roy. feels like a goodbye. <laughs> and Keeley comes down. Very nice moment, although Roy uh, reacts a little bit uh, angrily. He's kind of telling her to leave the locker room, but she can tell he needs some support. Mm-hmm. And so very lovely moment. She sits with him and comforts him, uh, despite him yelling at her <laughs> repeatedly. Yeah, it's, I mean, I don't know, like footballers and stuff like that, when you're in the moment and like, obviously you kind of mentioned like, hey, you're not supposed to be here kind of a thing because you're, your adrenaline's going like crazy sure. after having this whole stands chanting your name and everything. But oh, I think I mean, we've all been angry telling someone just to like give us space. Yeah. So I, I, I can relate in that. Well, at least I can relate in that sense. You're <laughs> yeah. a much nicer person. Um, but she, as a good, you know, friend person, sticks it out with him. Mm-hmm. And finally he. And listen, if you got to go out, I mean, what a way to go out than, you know, stopping Jamie from. Uh... A tackle it potentially save the messing game. up that page boy haircut. <laughs> yeah. Then we cut back to the stadium. Uh, the crowd is all getting on their phones, yeah. which is a funny, like modern thing that happens. Is they're all getting the score alert. Uh, uh, Crystal Palace essentially scored six goals mm-hmm. or had six goals. On. I would assume that like maybe it was five zero and they scored that six, and now everybody in the stands is getting that alert saying, Hey, they scored six and that game is is over. So Richmond just needs So all they need is a tie at this point. And Ted immediately turns on it. He went from, hey, we're playing to win to Guys, we just need a tie. <laughs> the beard scream is great too. Like get it out. Yeah. Um one thing to mention on this, so um this does happen a lot in the last game of Premier Leagues because people are fighting for their lives. Generally, the team that wins the Premier League, they've probably won a handful of games before because they've established enough points, but there's always a handful of teams that are potentially being reg- uh, relegated. So every single Premier League game, when they play their last one of the season, I believe it's their 38th game of the season, um, they all play at the exact same kickoff time uh, and the exact same day. Really? So every single team in the Premier League is playing at the same time. Huh. So that way, no team has an advantage saying, oh, this team is tied, so we don't have to win. We can do whatever. Oh, interesting. Um, so when they make that mention, of, and, and it happens a lot where um, for some reason you'll be watching a game, the last game of the season, and the crowd goes wild. You're like, why is the crowd going wild? It's because they got the text or whatever that some something happened. So that's definitely true to life. Um, that's interesting yeah because yeah, there's a lot of times in football where they're in the playoffs or whatever and they're like hey we you know we can sit starters or whatever because yep. we don't have to win this mm-hmm. that's interesting yeah. it's almost like football soccer there's an older game that has their stuff together <laughs> yeah almost so richard uh gets injured uh flops on the field <laughs> he's the french player i don't think i knew his name until this moment but he is like pounding the ground. He's in so much pain. The announcers are like, uh, is he doing it up out there a little bit? And then someone's like, oh, no, he's really injured. And as soon as the announcer says, oh, he's really injured, he pops up and he's fine. <laughs> so we get to see a soccer player flop, which is great. great. Beard even calls it out. He's like, oh, way to sell it. 
Ricard. Or yeah, Ricard. yeah. <laughs> and Beard's like, yeah, you sell it. <laughs> oh, that's great. It was good. Like, like even when he wrote, and this is this happened so much is why again we talked about Americans don't liking football. It's scenes like this where you got fouled, you got fouled, you could sell it. But sure. he does that extra two rolls. He's just pounding on and, the ground. Yeah. And then, oh, all of a sudden my legs work. <laughs> yeah. I'm an elite, yeah. that, elite yeah. athlete. I was watching my wife. She even like rolled her eyes. She's like, oh god. Yeah. Then Isaac calls the lasso spe- special, which you got to disp- uh, uh, suspend a just, little bit of disbelief, yeah. disbelief here because the lasso special is essentially a American football play <laughs> done on the soccer field, um, which they get down in like three-point <laughs> stances. They're acting like linemen. Um, the announcer goes, I'm sorry, is Zorro yelling out numbers and colors? Because Zorro's like, blue 48, blue 48, which is the classic like quarterback move. Sam goes in motion. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Um, I mean, the offensive line can't move like that. So they would have been well, called no, for a false start. No, no, no. The offensive line wasn't moving. They, they were, were doing they the... were set. Okay. All I right. think I think it's once he once he said uh Zorro, once he says hike. Then they start moving, pretending like they're blocking people, and they start slowly going forward. So none of this is like illegal. Like it's I obviously flag on the play, <laughs> yeah. uh, delay a game. I don't know, offside. <laughs> it's comical how Man City is responding because generally all the defenders <laughs> would have just dropped back, like, and then the midfielders would be right up next to, him, like, what are they doing? But it was just it's funny TV. Sure, it, it was it was good. Arlo's like, I'm confused too. He's <laughs> like, Oh, Manchester City's confused. Everyone's confused. Uh, Sam goes deep and uh, <laughs> then passes across to Danny Rojas. Danny Rojas does that really cool sidekick, uh, and they score. And everyone celebrates. Uh, and because it's American football, everyone chants USA. <laughs> I don't USA, think they did. USA. But do you That's believe what I was in miracles? Saying. Do you believe in miracles? <laughs> and while everyone's celebrating, what happens? Yeah, so Jamie pulls that ball out of the net. And, like, the back of my mind, the second Jamie pulls that ball out of the net, I'm like, they're going to lose. Yeah. Like, I knew it. And oh, and, and they oh. mentioned in the beginning, like, when Jamie, uh, he has a breakaway in the beginning. He's like, the announcers say, oh, he could pass the ball or he could take the shot. He takes a shot and he misses. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, well, that's foreshadowing for later for Jamie to pass the ball. And and this is a this is you a comment. Such a smart TV watcher, my friend. Well, and it's easy for me to say this on a podcast in retrospect, but I, I, this was the things that go through my mind because um, I don't think I think a lot of stuff they do, especially when they're on the pitch, is very deliberate in terms of what they show us because they don't want to spend a lot of time in this show Tom, playing soccer. Yes, yes, yes. it's all yes, yes. it's all telegraphed, yes. as they say. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, but again, this is something that's, that happens a lot in, in, in games where if there's little time left, but the other team wants to score a goal, they're going to rip that ball out of their goal and take it to try to use whatever time is left. Yeah. Because it only like, it's not like the referee resets the ball. The player has the job of like the player can bring it up to, but the other team will celebrate for a long time. So yeah, a player can take the ball and they can put it right on the spot, uh, midfield to get ready to go. But like the ref will allow them to celebrate at a, to sure. a point and then they'll bring them back over there. It's um, like when Larry Fitz grabs the football when they need to ru- you know <laughs> rush up at the end of the fourth quarter and he's getting the ball to the spot so yeah. they can start the next play. Yeah, that's what it is. Exactly what it is. <laughs> My thought was um if only there was a coach of this team that could tell the players, "Hey, get ready because they're about to drive the ball. Like stop celebrating. The game's not over." If only there was a coach or several coaches that could do this. But 
that's not what happens. Well, I mean, it's the player's fault. Like, everybody's still excited. And this happens in games where, like, you'll get a late goal and you'll assume this game is over. And really? things can still happen, for oh. sure. Yeah, like, like, a late goal is not... Like, they scored, theoretically, in the... They said there was three extra minutes. So they scored in the extra minutes. But that doesn't mean that, you know... You know, ninety third minute, the game just gets blown. Like there's still add the ref will add more time if you know after a goal scored and and they had to. I should have mentioned this in my speeches, but we play until the whistle. All exactly, right? we play, play until the whistle. So true. You play until Nate blows his whistle, <laughs> which is often and too much. <laughs> Jamie drives the ball down, and then critical moment here, as you mentioned, rather than taking the shot himself, he makes the extra pass. Uh, and they score the goal on Richmond, and essentially through the announcers, AFC Richmond is relegated. Mm. Did you, going into this episode, think they were going to win or lose? I I didn't think they would lose. Okay. I, I did not think they'd be relegated, because okay. we know there's a second season, which sure. is currently being aired. Um, I assumed they wanted to keep the Premier League moniker to be able to, like, Promote, say Man sure. City and all that kind of stuff, because I'm sure it brings in a, a certain audience. But... Uh, yeah, I, I, it definitely was a shock when uh, when sure. they scored. Sure, sure. So, sad song plays yep. by Marcus Mumford uh, of Mumford & Sons. This guy does the intro music. Uh, the song is called You'll Never Walk Alone. Uh, I watched the music video. It's like a, a video that was made in quarantine. So he yeah. has all the band like members at their own homes, and then they kind of splice the music and the videos together. Uh, the lyrics that play walk on walk on with hope in your heart you'll never walk alone certainly extremely fitting for this episode like almost the episode was written for part of this talking about hope and never right. walking alone kind of a bit based on especially ted's speech here at the end but this is a famous uh, motto and phrase for liverpool fc they literally have this as part of their crest says never walk alone really um, yeah so it's it's um, by no means do they own that phrase it's, it's a very popular uh, phrase and we're not going to get sued by hopefully saying we will it. not get sued okay. by Liverpool hopefully um but yeah it's uh incredibly impactful and very beautifully sung by Mr. Mumford so do you think Mr. Mumford is a Liverpool fan uh it's possible because he's British yeah we can we can look that up there's some famous Liverpoolian or Liverpudlian fans yeah that's how you say that I'm sure <clears throat> Lilliputian um Ted gives an interview mm -hmm. he's congratulating the other team he says Pep you know Pep looked great out there. Yeah. <laughs> Brings Pep up again. Yep. Um, Michelle Michelle decides to show up. Michelle sends a text to Ted. Uh, and it's a picture of Henry's robot. And I don't know if you noticed, but uh, Henry, Henry has something written there. Or she says something like, hey, Henry wanted you to know that his robot is also a great coach. And the robot's name is MiracleBot3000. I did not see that. Yeah, that's good. That's written on there. Cute. And then as Ted's kind of walking through the facility, he looks into the training room and Jamie's sitting there. He starts to go in. Uh, and then out of nowhere, we find Jamie's dad is in there with him and he's yelling at him and he's lecturing him about passing rather than shooting the goal. Is passing that bad? Let me let me ask you this. <laughs> Your son is a premier soccer league player, Tom. <laughs> Instead of scoring the winning goal to regulated team, I'm assuming this wasn't like the championship, right? For There's Man more City, games to yeah, play, like, right? No, no, this was this was the end of the season. Okay. So this is a season-ending game. And, and unless Man City, they didn't obviously tell us where is Man City was. Is there not a championship game? No. No. It's just whoever has the highest score? Yep. 
All right. Well, you guys can complain about people not getting relegated. We have the Super Bowl, okay? And the Super Bowl is great. It's a final game where the best teams play against each other, and someone is the world champ. I mean, we could dive into this, but I would argue that's not the case at all. You have eight and eight teams getting to the Super Bowl just because they happen to go on a run. To say they're the best team that year is a false. So the best team in a Premier League plays the worst team in the Premier League, Right? The best all Manchester about, City and you have no idea. they were the best, right? No, you have no idea. The schedule gets created at the, uh, the beginning of the year. Okay. All 36, 8 games, however many you play, are oh, all all spelled out. So there's no play. You play one at home okay. and one away. So yeah. you have the same odds, the whole thing. So you don't know. You could have number one playing, you know, number 30, whatever, 20. Um, you just don't know where they're going to be at the, sure. that point. So that's where it's odd because seemingly, unless... Manchester City needed these three points to win the the Premier League, which didn't seem like they did. This game didn't mean anything to them mm. because their their spot in the table was likely already um, determined uh, determined at sure. this point. So, and there are so, there is some other things that top tier teams play for. Like if you're in the top four, you get to play in the champion Champions League. Not to add more confusion, but that's a big European club tournament. So there's still things to play for, whether you're the top of the table or the bottom of the table, but. All that being said, bringing it back to this, this is quite possibly the stupidest scene in the entire series to me. Because this just makes zero sense. There's no reason to do it. We already know that Jamie's dad is a jerk. The idea that Jamie is sitting in a training room uh, in, a, in an away team and that his dad goes in there and is allowed to lecture him. Like this to me was like laughably dumb and, and poorly written in my, in my opinion. Okay, okay. Defend it. Defend it. I think you're wrong. Okay. I think it's important. I think we've established that Jamie, he made the comment when they were burning things in that episode Mm -hmm. that, like, he played for his dad. And his, like, bad attitude came from because his dad wanted him to be the, like, most successful or toughest on the the field. Yes. So I think this is a moment that shows that Jamie is not just a prick that he's human and that even though this worked out for him he still has to do deal with an abusive father the other thing that is important is that as much as they harass americans for not having relegation we have the playoffs in the super bowl (laughs) and that's the most important thing in the world because those things are incredible playoff games are great super bowls are great i think i defended that well we'll move on so then I agree to disagree. I mean, I get I get your points about like wanting to like humanize Jamie, but I feel like they've done that. And what you when you know we see Jamie again at the end and kind of get the letter and stuff from Ted, like sure. I feel like that that is enough to continually humanize Jamie to have to, to say that his dad is going to say like this is like a little league kind of thing like to happen. I, I just thought it was out of place and unnecessary. Tom, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that there are professional athletes whose parents act like this. I don't, 100%. I don't disagree, but in an away. And there are, <laughs> there are children who allow their parents still to have that kind of control over them yeah. because they're your parents. Yeah. And so what I think, if this guy was Coach Taylor, he would have <laughs> opened that door and punched that dude in the face. <laughs> but he's Ted Lasso, which is okay. Coach Taylor and him are different people. So then we go to uh, the Richmond locker room. The team is understandably sad. Mm. Um, 
he Ted's like, hey, give it up for Zorro. He made more saves than a Baptist preacher, which yeah. is just a great line. I'm glad they called out Zorro because then the announcers mentioned it. He, oh. he crushed it that game. I'm glad Ted started with him. Yeah, it gives you the sense that, hey, they were getting through the defense. Yeah. It was the goalie that was keeping them in the game, which mm-hmm. is great. And, I mean, Conan O'Brien would have been their goalie if he hadn't <laughs> torn his butt. True. But since he tore his butt, he wasn't there. <laughs> Tad is, Ted is, Tad. Ted is like, hey, be sad in this moment. He does the coach thing. Look at everyone in this room. Mm-hmm. Let's be sad together. He says, hey, the only thing worse than being sad is being sad alone. Mm-hmm. So at least we're sad together. Which made me think, like, I was like, is this a quarantine? Was this episode made during the quarantine? Which I did some research on, Tom. Yeah. And my answer is, I don't know. <laughs> when did it but come like, out? When the, way, the way that I'm pretty sure it, it was all filmed before quarantine. Episode aired October 2nd, 2020. So Yeah, but it would have been filmed prior oh, to that. Oh, I hear you. Okay. So my comment is, and, and maybe this is why the show had such an impact during COVID and yeah. the quarantine is, he makes the comment like, hey, being sad is bad, but you're being sad together as a mm-hmm. team. Like, there's some power in that. If you were being sad alone, that would be the worst. Yeah. And so I, I thought it was a, you know, a powerful comment on, you know, we deal with a lot of mental health stuff, especially with people having to be alone, having to quarantine. Um, and so Tom and I would just like to let everyone know listening, you're not alone. We love you all. Yeah. You always have a space in our heart and on our Twitter account. We have Twitter? We do. We do have Twitter. Oh, interesting. Believe it or not. Okay. But I agree. So th- this was a good... Do you put this in the same classification as like the earlier kind of coach speeches where it's like, it's kind of like, oh, you've heard it before? Or does this have more impact for you? No, I like this speech better. I And I think, a, you know, a speech after a defeat, like... That's got to be a tough thing to do. Especially this level of defeat, right? right? You've strived so hard. You came up short uh, because of poor coaching, not telling the people to stop celebrating and get back on the field. (laughs) Um, But I do appreciate his, hey, be sad, you know, but he does start it off by saying, hey, you guys gave the chance. He calls them the champs. So they must. He's like, hey, you gave the best to run for their money, essentially. Um, But hey, be sad. And then let's move on. Like, mm-hmm. let's forget about it and let's be... Let's be a goldfish. Goldfish. Yeah, calls back on Sam and Sam does it. And, th- and this was, like, great. This kind of got me, like, almost choked up a little bit when sure. Sam did that. Like, Sam gives him that look, too, which I thought was just really good. Like, he kind of knows where Ted's going and, you know, kind of tells the teams, like, hey, we got to gotta be a goldfish. We got to rise above this and, and forget it and move on. Sure. So appreciate the moment you've been through be sad together and then forget about it so we can work on next season we cut to the manchester city bus leaving uh i don't know what it is every time they film at night it feels like it's lit by um emergency flares (laughs) the flare was great it was like it was like someone popped a bunch of emergency flares like they were (laughs) landing a helicopter to evac someone well they do flares in a lot of football games like you guys your team scores and you let up a flare in the thing but it seemed like this flare was more for like directing traffic or getting this bus out of there i don't know it gave it an eerie feel which actually fit with the scene but beard walks up to jamie as he's getting on and and Jamie's like, what do you want? Beard's always so polite to Jamie. Yeah. He's just like, hey, you know, have a good night, Jamie. Yeah, he hands him Jamie. a letter. Uh, Jamie sits on the bus and reads the letter. And what does the letter say, Tom? Uh, the, let's, the letter says, way to make that extra pass. 
and it's from Ted. Did you say Ted? From Ted. Ted. Yeah. And it's also got a toy soldier in there. The music comes back. This is important because one of the things Ted like focused on with Jamie is like, hey, be a team player. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not just about you. It's about the other 11 people. Like, I'm sure scoring the game winning goal is important to Jamie. But if he can get out of his own way and realize the team is more important and make that extra pass, Mm -hmm. that's an unselfish act for the team. Uh, And so I really enjoyed how they like ended that kind of loop with Jamie. I thought it was impactful. Yeah, I'm glad they, yeah, exactly, kind of buttoned that whole sequence or the way they've kind of had that relationship all series where it kind of gave Ted the last word in it. Um, and still gave us hope for Jamie sure. to potentially turn around because those moments where he's shooting and he scores the goal, I think those are fleeting. If if Jamie can learn to make that extra pass and be just a better all-around player, he's going to be more satisfied. Sure. So my question to you is, if you didn't have the scene with the dad yelling at Jamie and you kind of feeling for Jamie, and we got to this scene, like say that scene didn't exist, you got to this scene, do you think it would still have the same impact? I I personally do. Okay. I I, I get. I mean, that's just for me. Maybe it's because I hate that scene so much. I right. Think it's right. So out of place. But I, I think they've they've told us enough in the show, and that's why I think sometimes they do. Where we're doing a podcast on this, we're doing deep dives into all this, watching it multiple times, so we remember those scenes. We remember Jamie being uh, giving that story about around the fire about his sure. big dad kind of being abusive and all that stuff. So I get that you want to you know tell that back to the audience right it's kind of a reminder yeah hey jamie's coming from a rougher you know and there's not an easy way to do that so that that's the way they chose to do it i guess i would just think that maybe there i don't know what it is but maybe there's a a better way to do that but i i do think that you could potentially even show just kind of jamie coming off the pitch and and seeing the devastation of his former teammates and just kind of seeing like how they're all down and maybe him just giving an extra glance or look and and i don't know something but right uh, um yeah, really impactful. I think the, the toy soldier I almost missed, but I think uh, what it was it. It was a Sam Obasanya. It was was getting the the toy soldier from Ted, and yes. he kind of gave that scoff, right? The interaction is uh, when Ted gets the care package from his son. He's got all the soldiers, and so he's kind of handing them out to different people. And it's Sam's birthday. He gives Sam the soldier. He's like, "Hey, my son gave this to me. I'm homesick. This is for protection." Jamie witnesses that and just thinks it's dumb. Yeah, exactly. Like laughs it off or, and right. just, yeah. And that was like one of those early Jamie moments where like, man, this guy's an absolute jerk. And, right. Um, I, I didn't get that at first when I saw him get that toy soldier, but kind of thinking back on that, um, that's why it's so impactful to, to Jamie. He's realizing that like, Hey, there's a reason behind this and he's, he's not a bad guy. Right. So then we, I think we go to the next day. Ted is. I think it's that night. Is it that night? Yeah, because I think Rebecca's still in the same garb she had in the locker room, and I think you can see outside it's it's dark. Okay. Ted runs into Higgins. We find out that Higgins' first name is Leslie. He's like, uh, I'm no, I'm what is known as a feminine junior because Leslie was his. I never I heard that before. Mom's name. Is that, I, is that yeah, a thing? I don't know. Um, <laughs> is it odd that Ted doesn't know his name? Like Ted is surprised by his first name being Leslie. Ted is all about knowing names. You figure he would have asked what is Higgins' first name. I think it is odd, but uh, I don't know. Maybe Higgins being. I don't know. Yeah, good point. It's <laughs> just a good point. Great point. I also thought too. I got the sense when they were like Higgins does the handshake. I'm like, 
did they let Higgins go? Is this like a final goodbye to them? It seemed a little out of place. I think you're trying to, they're trying to tip the hat that Ted's going to get fired. Yeah. And so, yeah. and so Higgins is almost like, hey, goodbye, good luck. Mm-hmm. It was fun while it lasted. It's the end of the season too, so you're probably not going to be around each other as much as well. But Right. Yep, Ted tries to resign on a takeout menu. <laughs> uh, it's legal. <laughs> got him, it's it. got my signature, <laughs> so it counts. Rebecca won't accept it. She says, hey, we need to talk about next season. And then you see Ted start to talk about that teams can get promoted. Uh, so if they can get relegated, they can get promoted. So She's all they have resume. to do... Great on a resume, getting promoted. Getting promoted, great <laughs> on a resume. So all they have to do is come back, win the the league next year, come up to the, back to the Premier League, and then win the Premier League, which mm-hmm. is funny because the show was always pitched as a three-season show. There's your And arc. so they're kind of telegraphing hey they get sent down next season the hope is they get back sent back up at the end of it and then the third season is them winning it all in the premier league that's so how i see it no it's literally 100 percent. like when you said three seasons i didn't realize they that was what they had scoped that's gotta be like ted literally lays it out right there. right um, let's make predictions do you think i would imagine end of season two they're gonna get up to the premier league uh say that happens uh season three do you think they win it all do you think they just have a decent season? They learn from it and grow. What's your What's your call? So season three, they find out they're renewed for three more seasons. <laughs> so it's going to be a six season show at that point. <laughs> so it's going to be something where they get on an airplane, the airplane crashes, they find themselves in an island, Ooh. and then there's like a monster that's made of smoke, and they find out how to play American football. And then the show gets canceled shortly after that. <laughs> I would totally watch a, a, lost a lost reboot version. with all the cast from Ted Lasso. Yeah. So, no, I think, I mean, I think essentially, I don't have any idea what happens in season two. It's yeah. going on right now. I don't know. But I do think that's how it plays out. Gets relegated, gets promoted, and then the last season think is... they'll win it? Yeah. Uh, do I think they'll win it? No. I think Explosions in the Sky will play and they will lose it just like Coach Taylor and the Dillon Panthers. I, I will bet you $5 they win it. Okay. So will you look up there? <laughs> I will bet Julian $5. No, no, no. Not at the camera. Above no. the camera. Oh, there's a $5 bill. There you go. The Get camera. your $5 bill. There you go. Congratulations. Oh, Tom is getting his $5 bill. It was hanging in the room. Did you hear that? All right. And the final joke of the season is what, Tom? One oh, of your favorite sight gags. Yeah, Ted's spit take right <laughs> in Rebecca's face because of the bubbly water. Bubbly water. <laughs> and um, they do that last final cut where it's like, oh, she's sorry, drenched. Did, I, did I get on you? And she is just soaking yep, wet. Drenched. Yep. Rebecca's drenched. Good so um, did you enjoy it? Yeah, man, I, I had a fantastic time. Like, I, I had my gripes, but I mean, my gripes were, were nothing in comparison sure. to the love and admiration I had for this show with just the, the story they were telling. You know, obviously, I coming as a, a uh, uh, from a soccer background, there were just so many of these things that kind of spoke to me um, that I was always going to watch this show, just hadn't got around to it. Uh, and when you had mentioned you had seen it all the way through and this had impacted you, um, I was absolutely down down to do it. And I've had fantastic time doing this with you um and and uh, you know i'm jazzed and excited to start season two up soon sure we're gonna plan on doing season two 
Um, obviously, I enjoyed this. I was the essential catalyst for us <laughs> watching this first season and talking about it together. You know, a lot of themes, hope, forgiveness, him just being positive. Mm-hmm. I like Ted Lasso. I have no idea how season two is going to go. I'm interested from the perspective of, I think Lasso, the first season came out during like COVID and quarantine. Mm-hmm. And so I think people were like ready for something that was like hopeful heartfelt. and heartfelt and like was like gay, like a warm blanket for mm-hmm. them. Um, and so I'm interested to see how like season two goes. Um, I also think that like those things like hope and forgiveness, like there's got to be some substance behind them. They can't just be buzzwords. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you were on this journey with <laughs> me. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, and I appreciate the soccer takes because I, I mean, other than being a championship soccer player <laughs> when I was, I don't know, two and a half, uh, it's been a long time since I've played the game. But Tom and I are planning on doing season two. And we would like to thank John out in Louisiana. Yeah. Um, John reached out to us, gave us some good feedback. John, we appreciate you. Thank you for your service. And uh, Tom and I will be seeing you for season two shortly. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have any questions or have any suggestions, please reach out to us at teambingepodcast at gmail.com. Yep. And I've been informed we have a Twitter. What is our Twitter, Tom? We have a Twitter handle. It's uh, at Team Binge. So, yeah, shoot us a line if you have any thoughts, questions, suggestions. Uh, we might do a little recap episode uh, or, or yeah, pod for season one, just kind of talking through sure. overall themes and kind of thoughts. Uh, maybe watch the trailer for season two and kind of get all jazzed and ever for that. But, uh, yeah, we'll definitely go back in it again. We'll probably do it episodically for season two together as opposed to you watching I the whole thing. I have not seen any of them. So okay. Tom and I will be going into it fresh, uh, which will be interesting. And we have done no research or done <laughs> – we have no prior knowledge of season yeah, two. Constantly so trying to hide, fun. like, you know, Google news feeds that are telling me what's going on in the season two. I sure. think I've done a good job of keeping away from spoilers. Um uh, so yeah, excited to do it. And again, thank you, Julian, for for suggesting this. I had a, a great time, and we hope you enjoyed listening. You're welcome, Tom. And for those of you, we rarely say these things, but we probably should. If you would please tell a friend, rate, review, do all those silly things that you're supposed to do with a podcast. Do we really care? No, but it's something that should be said. Uh, and from Team Binge, I have been Julian. And I've been Tom. And we appreciate you listening to us. We'll see you for season two of Ted Lasso. Football is life. Football is life. <laughs>